0: You're listening to Destination Country X, a KPMG tax radio podcast series. We cover key U.S. and foreign tax and trade developments that affect cross-border investment. I'm your host, Kim Major, a principal with Washington National Tax and Tax Industry Lead for U.S. International Corridors. We're glad you could join us. Enjoy the program. So not too long ago, we aired episodes on the new mandatory disclosure regimes in Mexico and Argentina. And at the time, both featured significant gating issues that we promised to revisit. Well, as it turns out, their launches have been surprisingly complicated and afford intriguing lines of sight into how baby tax rules are made in those countries. Joining me today is my co-host, Courtney Wallace, an international tax principal in KPMG's Detroit office, and rejoining us are Armando Lara, the KPMG partner leading international tax in Mexico, and Juan Martin Jovanovic, partner in charge of our legal services practice in Argentina.
1: Thanks, Kim. I think we're in that where the rubber meets the road (laughs) part of our discussion. As we're working with folks to try and get into compliance and figure out what actually needs to get reported, there are a lot of questions bubbling to the surface now about how to apply the rules
0: in both countries. We really thought that we were going to get more and more clarity, and that doesn't quite seem to be the case. If anything, things are getting less and less clear. Armando, I think a lot has happened since we last spoke.
2: Yes. So, there has been a lot of changes in the Mexican side because Tax Administration Service has provided certain regulations in order to describe the information they are looking for, specific formats in which we have to provide specific information from the reportable transactions. The content of those regs and formats are very comprehensive, and we need to provide it in a PDF format. Also, it's very important to mention that the Minister of Finance has published the thresholds applicable for the disclosure that we have to analyze.
1: I don't remember the original rules, including any economic threshold.
2: The economic threshold has been published uh, through an intersecretarial agreement, which the Minister of Finance and the Tax Administration Service and the Federal Fiscal Attorney Office reached in order to provide the thresholds. The thresholds are applicable only to customize transactions and are not available for the general schemes. Another important point to stress, when you have a customized agreement in which you are avoiding to exchange information between tax authorities, in those cases, it's not possible to apply the threshold. The threshold is 100 million pesos that will be equivalent today to $5 million of tax benefit implementation of the transaction has to generate these tax benefits. This is a very good threshold for many companies, at least in Mexico. If you are a single taxpayer and you have different type of reportable transactions, you have to aggregate the amount of all of them in order to see if you reach the five million dollars or 100 million pesos. In that regard, for example, if we have certain transactions that the value of the tax benefit is 20 million, and the other one was 80 million, well, we need to add those amounts and report both transactions. Also, if in a single transaction, you can have several reportable transactions, you have to do the same math. You have to aggregate all of the amounts. And if you reach the 100 million pesos, you should to report all of the transactions that can be contained in this big transaction.
0: But is that only with respect to your customized or bespoke transactions? Do you start adding generalized transactions?
2: It's a good question. The aggregate is only for customized transactions. And also, as I told you, the customized transaction related to prevent the tax authorities exchange of information is also the one that cannot apply the threshold provided in the intersectoral agreement.
0: We've always worried that if you qualify for an exemption in the regs or the IGAs, that would be an avoidance in the exact same way as if you had placed your investment in a jurisdiction that just doesn't do the automatic exchange reporting.
2: Yes, it's a worry. When you are investing in assets that don't have a U.S. source, The United States is not providing the report. You are preventing that the U.S. can exchange information with Mexico, and those situations have to be reported immediately to the Mexican government if there is a tax benefit in the structure, regardless the amount. Remember, it's very important that the tax benefit can be considered the deferral of a tax. In these structures, we have a deferral of tax, and this implies immediately that we have to report to the Mexican authorities
0: Hmm. Do you have the hallmark that includes the use of a vehicle or an entity where the beneficial owners are not identified?
2: Yes, we got that. Hmm.
0: And that also is automatically
2: reportable? No. no, it's not. that case, you need to reach the 100 million pesos in order to be reportable.
0: Okay. The good news on that is that back in December, there was a rule change in the United States, so U.S. LLCs will be reporting beneficial owners. I think a lot of people were very worried that that might trigger that particular hallmark, but I think that that's just taking that off the table.
2: Yes.
1: I also recall that the look-back period had no early start date. Did the government issue any regulations in that respect?
2: Unfortunately not. You need to see your transactions 10 years, 20 years, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't matter to the extent that they are still applicable in 2020. You need to report that. What is very important to think about it here is that, well, what happened if I have a structure 10 years ago and the statute of limitations have operated in those cases and I didn't comply? I have a transaction from 2010. In 2015, the statute of limitation is operating. So all of the past cannot be removed. I didn't report the transaction. And what would be the effect to remove all of the effect Since 2015, notwithstanding that the statute of limitations has operated for the past years, this is a rule that is not so clear in the Mexican legislation.
0: Actually, I had thought that it would just be in the year in which you missed the report. I had not even thought about the possibility of going back to the entire open statute of limitations. That's frightening.
2: They will remove the benefit applicable in the scheme. So for what you hear, the law is silent in that part. We don't know exactly.
0: One of the big surprises we hear about is the application of these rules to Maquiladora structures.
2: Yes. When you are in the structure with Maquila, the law is saying that you are outside of the scope of creating a permanent establishment and for that reason, the maquila structure itself is creating the situation to avoid the creation of a PE. Also, in the normal maquila structure, the assets are provided in consignment, so this means that there is no payment in return when the Mexican company is using those assets that are provided by the foreign-related party. And also, there are some times where some technical assistance from the foreign related party is provided on a free basis. So in these three cases, you meet the criteria of the Hallmark and you should file a report for those, notwithstanding that the benefit to avoid the creation of P is in the law.
0: Are we thinking that the Makila structures are generalized structures?
2: It's a very good question. Our position is when you have a company that since the beginning has been created as a maquila, you will be in front of a general scheme due to the facts. This doesn't need to have any modification. We can consider as a customized if in the beginning the company was a manufacturing company without applying the regime of maquila. And for certain needs, you need to transform that manufacturing company into maquila the gut
0: reaction of most taxpayers would be oh, i don't know if i want to customize scheme But you think that's Section 12, there was the thought that a lot of the tax shelters, for example, were repeatable schemes, and they were promoted again and again pretty much without customization. So the generalization becomes a little bit of a hot button issue, and that's not necessarily intuitively obvious. How would you go about quantifying the tax benefit if you do happen to get comfortable that the economic thresholds would apply?
2: is an extraordinary question, and it's a very tough one. We need to remember that Mexico does not follow the authorized approach of the OECD. We don't recognize the tax effects of notional payments between the PE and the main office. So in that regard, what we need to do is to make a, a theoretical calculation. What amount of tax the PE has to pay in comparison to what is actually paid under the Safe Harbor or the APA in the real life? And the difference will be the tax benefit that you have. In the case of assets or services, we need to have comparables in situations with independent parties in order to measure what will be the amount to be paid in the case that you are using assets or you are receiving services, and of course, to calculate what will be the tax to be paid as a withholding, for example, in the case of a foreign resident the benefit will be there. And it's exactly the same situation in the services provided. But here it's a very important point. If I have a treaty, if I don't have presence and I am playing a treaty, Well, there is no withholding tax, so there is not a tax benefit in any circumstances.
0: And just as a reminder, if the principal happens to be sitting in the EU, the fact that you're making cost plus six services payments under the Michaela regime for the intercompany's manufacturing services means that you might actually have a DAC6 reporting obligation as well.
2: Yeah, that's correct.
0: Yeah, so not a lot of great news
1: for our maquila friends. Armando, I know we talked before about the fact that there is no start date limitation on that look back period. As a practical matter, does this really mean that all maquilas are potentially reportable?
2: Yes, the answer will be yes until we receive another indication from tax authorities. What the industry is saying is that it's not necessary to report the maquila structures because the benefits are statutory. So this means that they are not creating a structure in order to have a tax evasion or tax solution in any way. Tax authorities will want to see what is reporting and afterwards probably they will take some specific measures in order to probably moderate the information that they believe that is useful for these purposes.
0: Armando, in addition to this potential for the SAT to claw back the tax benefit, there was a significant economic sanction.
2: Yes, an economic penalty between the 50 and 75 percent of the tax benefits that the transaction will generate. It's a very high penalty.
0: I don't think I would risk any significant penalties to avoid disclosing a Maquila of all things. It's not like anyone does not realize that you've got a Maquila. You can literally run around, kick the tires on it. Right. I feel like it's a circle
1: between the Maquila and the PE issues. As I'm considering how to set up my Mexican operations, I have to think about both of those, which kind of puts me squarely within these rules.
2: That's correct.
1: So I think a lot of folks, certainly on the U.S. side and the manufacturers that we're dealing with, certainly look to the Makila structure to say, hey, this is a good thing. And yes, this is kind of plain vanilla. It's a regime set up to advantage manufacturing in-country. And now there's all these kind of downsides that are bubbling to the surface
0: and just think to our first episode we were talking about Mexican tax reform and the possibility that deduction disallowance may actually hit cogs if you've got you know a maquila structure and you're selling back into a Mexican sales company and the purchase proceeds may actually be subject to the deduction disallowance rules so it just seems like there's a lot of pressure that really unexpected on the maquila industry absolutely
1: so maybe we switch gears a little bit and talk about Argentina so one Martin, I think the Gazette publication promised some economic thresholds for reporting around the Hallmark transactions.
3: Hi, Courtney. The tax administration has not yet published those thresholds, and there was no publication about the Hallmarks for the national schemes were also supposed to be in that micro-website.
1: Since we didn't get anything like we're promised, are there arguments that the time for reporting hasn't started yet? What are clients actually doing in this space now?
3: Well, you know, the tax administration made it clear that they are not yet live with respect to national planning structures. But unfortunately, it also made clear in an announcement that was published on January 29th that cross-border planning structures and the look back reporting were already live. So tax administration believes that we had to report the look back period on January 29th and that we have this 10-day reporting for cross-border planning instructors. Many taxpayers believe that they don't have all the elements required to make the reporting. And, you know, there is a pending question about professional secrecy or legal privilege. Most of the professional associations of lawyers and accountants initiated judicial actions requesting injunctions to suspend the MDR. The arguments were mainly based on the fact that the MDR violates professional secrecy rules. And remember that the violation of professional secrecy is a crime in Argentina. So, five federal courts issued injunctions, suspending the effects of the MDR for accountants. Now, I should note that a sixth court, the federal court of the city of Buenos Aires, has rejected the accountants' request for injunction in that jurisdiction. And remember that the city of Buenos Aires is one of the major jurisdictions in Argentina.
0: That doesn't simplify anything, does it?
3: (laughs) No, not really.
0: I want to say that a little bit of the same thing is going on in the EU, notwithstanding the fact that DAC-6 has launched. I think that there have been challenges by a couple of the member states and the European Court of Justice. I want to say it was Belgium and France. These are injunctions that cover just the accountants?
3: You're right. They just cover the accountants because those actions were initiated by the accountants' public associations. The attorneys initiated their own actions, but they don't have injunctions yet.
0: So I really don't think that multinationals based outside of Argentina understand that. These injunctions, there was one and then two and then five, but that doesn't cover the entirety of Argentina, nor does it cover, as you've noted, all the advisors or the taxpayers.
3: You're exactly right, Kim. The injunctions do not cover taxpayers. So in the the view of the tax administration, the deadline for reporting the loopback period technically was due. January the 29th, 2021. And we do have the 10-day reporting for cross-border transactions.
1: It feels like there are a lot of challenges to get through here. Remind us on the penalties for failures to report one martin.
3: The monetary fines are really not substantial. They are around $120 or $240. It also is considered as an aggravating circumstance at the time of determining the applicable fine in the case that. The tax administration understands there was a tax evasion. However, the failure to report produces a number of serious consequences. For example, it may provoke the exclusion from registries implemented by tax administration, like the importers and exporters registry, certificates of tax credit, or certificates of tax or social security good standing. And the tax administration issued a new resolution saying that those who failed to report under the MBR will be excluded from the general regime of VAT reimbursements on exports of goods and services. Those who, in the opinion of the tax administration, failed to report will have to claim their export VAT reimbursement through a special regime which is subject to prior audit. So it means that it will take a long, long time for them to receive the reimbursement.
0: I think that's the heart of this. If you're a taxpayer, and assuming you clearly understood that you were expected by the government to start complying, notwithstanding everything else that's going on with respect to the advisors, if I understood that failure to report would cut at the heart of my commercial business, looking at my import-export ability or my ability to get VAT refunds, I just don't know that I would take a chance on that.
1: I agree. That's really risky, I would say, from a business perspective, right? I think that's what folks are going to want to focus on. We already have a difficult jurisdiction to move cash in and out of, but that can really hit hard on the cash flow perspective.
0: If I were a taxpayer, I might actually think about, from a, just a pure strategic perspective, disclosing some relatively benign transactions in Argentina. And again, back to Mexico and the maquilas, why not? What are they going to do? Say, oh, that's horrible. You have a maquila? There's nothing at risk and it establishes a pattern of good behavior. This
1: reminds me of some of the calls that we're having with clients around Act 6. Should I disclose my cash pool, for example, which is a really common commercial arrangement, but it seems like it may not be worth all the effort of avoiding disclosing it when maybe the risk of penalties are so high when otherwise disclosure seems like it's not very risky.
3: You're exactly right.
0: And that may help alleviate the possibility of some of the more serious sanctions, which are incredible. In any case, we have here a tale of two countries. MDR is kicking off. And in Mexico, tensions are rising about how 11th hour guidance should be applied. In Argentina, in contrast, it's the notable absence of guidance that's triggering the most confusion, as well as the assumption that the injunctions will fix the problem for everyone. Interesting and complicated times will keep you posted. And in the meantime, stay well. We'll speak again soon. You've been listening to Destination Country X. Thanks so much for tuning in. We look forward to speaking to you next time.